Hey, good morning. August 23rd, 2023. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. We're going to be doing a scholarly walkthrough. Let me turn this off. We're going to be doing a scholarly walkthrough of um, of the, what's it called? The, the public health laws so that we can understand um, how to give notice for our employers or to our employers that we don't want mask mandates. So if you're listening for a normal show, a normal stream, this is not going to be a normal stream. Instead, this is going to be a scholarly walkthrough of our public health laws. And then we're going to be looking at what we can do. We're going to end, Lord willing, with a written notice that you can give your employer. Now at the outset, you need to know that I've never been to law school. You need to know that this is not legal advice. What I'm doing is I'm talking about what the law is. What I'm doing is I'm talking about what your rights are. So I don't give law advice. I don't give legal advice because I don't advise. Uh, I'm not in commerce. I'm in the private. And this is for the consumption of people who want to understand what their rights are, want to understand what the law is, and may or may not pick up a few things along the way as we go. Amen. So with that, uh, there's, um, what was it? Yeah, I mean, you could just type mask mandates, mask mandates, right? They're back. They're back. Look at that. Look at that. That is Google right now. Um, Atlanta colleges restate mask mandates, top stories. There's all sorts of stuff going on. I don't have to do this. I, I don't want to go through all this stuff. Just know that the mask mandates are going to be coming back. It's August 2023. They're going to be coming back. And so this is where I want to draw a distinction between me and other conservative podcasters is I don't want to just complain about it. I want to give you what the law is, and I want to actually show you something that you can actually do to thwart this stuff and do it by right, by law, according to the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because that's who we are. Uh, we did this last week or uh, the week before with a status, and so now we're just going to be doing it with a notice. The first thing I want to point out is with these mask mandates coming back, uh, you will probably hear from your employer. Well, we got to have mask mandates. We got to have mask mandates. Uh, and by the way, if uh, you want to help, if anything, uh, what I'm doing is helpful or it blesses you, there's ways to support me. Folks, I'm giving this knowledge away for free. I, I've done this research. I'm about to show you how you can do this. And so if this is worth it, if this is worth any financial amount for you to not have to wear masks at your job, Please consider either switching your shopping from Godless Commies to American Manufacturing at PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. Myself or somebody will get involved or get in touch with you. Or you can give directly. The link's in the description below. But that is a one-time or recurring gift and that's, that's available. So again, if this is worth anything to you, there are opportunities to say thank you. Not to be in commerce, not to be my boss, but to say, you know what? Thank you, Jaron, for helping us out. Okay, amen. Let's go to our center of disease control. We're just going to show, if I'm just a random person, Center for Disease Control and Prevention. We're going to look it up. Okay, Center for Disease Control. All right. Where do you guys get your law? Let's click on their website. About CDC. Where did you guys come from? Organization. History. The history right there. The history. 
On July 1, 1946, the Communicable Disease Center opened its doors. Okay, where did you guys come from? What we're trying to do is we're trying to see where the history of our legislation comes from. We do this because, if you'll permit me to do that, we do this because these mask mandates are coming back. I want to look at this background. This is the this is where I should have gone. So this is the Center for Disease Control background. If I do this, producer of one, folks, producer of one. If I do this, we go to our screen. Let's go back here. I want to show you the history of the Center of Disease Control. That's what I should have said. I should have said CDC. CDC. Let's go to Wikipedia. Amen. <laughs> Wikipedia. All right. So we are coming from, and you can see the preceding agencies. So these are all agencies. They're all coming from the government. But the first one we can find is this National Defense Malarial Control Activity. We're wanting to see where it comes from. Where does this stuff come from? And we see here, as the successor for the World War II Malarial Control in War Areas Program. A program is not a law. A program is just stuff that the government does. But here you have, the new agency was a branch of the U.S. Public Health Service. So then we need to look at what's the U.S. Public Health Service. And you can already tell I've already kind of done this research. The United States Public Health Service, right? It's a collection of agencies, Department of Health and Human Services, uh, Public Health. So anything that has to do with public health is falling underneath the United States Public Health Service. But look at that. PHS, Public Health Service, has had its origins in the system of marine hospitals that originated in 1798. So one of the things that I've been taught, and then my teacher is Dave Jose, you can follow him at Dave Cares For You, uh, we get back to what the law is. We get back to what the origin of the legislation is because we want to know what the original legislation was all about. So if we go back to this marine hospitals from 1798, we actually find, where are we at? We actually find this. An act for the relief of sick and disabled seamen. This is the basis of all public health law in the United States. The basis of all public health law in the United States comes from March 2, 1799, was when John Adams signed it into law. And this is the legislation. This is a picture of the legislation. You can see right there that there was tape put on the page from these things being all over the place. And if you see that there's something in here that looks like an F, it's probably an S. So this says, in addition, an act for the relief of sick. See how that looks like thick? It's not thick and, dis and defabled. It's sick and disabled semen. So let's just read it. Because you will see how short the first pieces of legislation by our U.S. Congress were. And then you will see how they've grown. But you'll just see how they, how they write. It says, being enacted by the Senate and House representatives of the United States uh, America. And by the way, we are reading this because this is, as this is pointing to, right? As this is pointing to, its origins are in the system of marine hospitals. So there's nothing before what happened here that we're now reading. We are now reading the very first thing that the United States Congress ever wrote regarding what is now considered public health. So before you say these mandates mean, these regulations do this, this program does this, all of that 
are the great-grandchildren of what was the origin of the Founding Fathers, the U.S. Congress, first doing public health legislation. That's what this is. So we're looking at the very first instance of the use of powers, and we will see very clearly who is intended for this power to be used. Uh, an act of Congress assembled that the President of the United States shall be and is hereby authorized to direct the expenditure of monies. So the very first issue in public health is that the President was given the power to, or he was authorized to use money. So there's no, there's no grant of power, it's just authorizing him the ability to use monies, which have been or shall be collected by virtue of an act entitled an act for the relief of sick and disabled seamen. So the president can spend money that comes from the revenue generation of this act right here. So this act is going to be a revenue generation uh, legislation, and then from the monies that come from it, the president can spend it. Keep in mind, this is the very core of public health. To be made within the state wherein the same shall have been collected. So if monies were collected in the one state, they have to be spent in that state, uh, or within the state adjoining there too. So if, a, if monies are collected in Texas, they can be spent in Oklahoma or Arkansas or Louisiana or New Mexico or uh, what else? Uh, I think that's it. Um, okay, so accepting what may be collected in the states of New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut. So those states can can spend all, you know, all the monies collected from those states don't have to follow that rule. Anything in the said act contained to the contrary thereof, notwithstanding. Now that means notwithstanding, break that word up, not with standing. Standing is where you are in the law. It is your relation in the law. And so if something is not with standing, it means it's not according to what the law says. It's not according to what's legal. So if anything in this provision prevents or says it's unlawful for these states to do that, well, then that's notwithstanding. So then you disregard. Second, Section two, and be it further enacted that the Secretary of the Navy, Secretary of the Navy, so now we're talking about defense. You, you, you get what's going on here. Secretary of the Navy is military. Secretary of the Navy is not civil. So the very nature, the very essence of public health is military, and not civil. Do you understand? Like you, you need to understand that. So that and this, this is the stuff that people won't say. They won't tell you what the origin is. And when they read what the origin is, they won't cue you in on, well, this is public affairs. This is military. This has nothing to do with your private business. This has nothing to do with your home. This is nothing with you shopping or walking down the street. This has to do with the Navy. Let's keep going. Shall be and is hereby authorized to direct to deduct. So the Navy the Secretary of the Navy can deduct after the first draft of September next from the pay thereafter to become due of the officers, seamen, and Marines of the Navy of the United States. So the Secretary of the Navy, military, can deduct from the pay of the officers, seamen, Marines of the Navy. So if you're in the Navy, the Secretary of the Navy can deduct your pay. And if the Secretary of the Navy, military in nature, can deduct the pay of the people that are in the Navy, then that means the people that are in the Navy are already in the military. They're not private citizens, they are in public service. Do you see that? At the rate of 20 cents per month for every such officer, seaman, and marine to pay, let's move back up, 
to pay the same quarter annually to the Secretary of the Treasury, to be applied to the same purposes as the money collected by virtue of the above-mentioned act is appropriated, and be it further enacted that the officers, seamen, and marines of the Navy of the United States shall be entitled to receive the same benefits and advantages, benefits and advantages. So the money is collected so that it is then turned around and used to them to benefit them, right? As the act above mentioned are provided for the uh, relief of sick and disabled seamen of the merchant vessels of the United States. So the first public health order is talking about military. It's talking about uh, people in the Navy having their pay from the Navy deducted by the Navy to benefit the people in the Navy. Now, this is not actually what the real thing is. Let's go to uh, an act uh, for the relief. There we go. For the relief and disabled seamen. So we're going to actually look at what this is. We want to actually look at what the text is. That's what we just read, this March 2, 19, or 1799. What we want to do, is this it? Because you get a lot of people that, um, no, we don't care about that. We don't care about summaries. We don't care about, I had it. We don't care about summaries. There we go. There we go. Is this it? We don't care about summaries. I don't care what people say about it. I want to know what it says. There we go. There we go. So we're going to make it big. No, no, no. This is 1827. Not, see, that's not original. We don't want, we don't want something else. So you got all these people saying 20, uh, socialized medicine. We want to read the real thing. Can we do this? No, I already did that. Do this. That's a bill enact. So this is a bill that changes. So this is a bill from 1843. We don't want, we don't want amendments. We don't want amendments. What we want is the real legitimate act. And the reason why we do this is so that we understand what the actual law is. I had it. Where is it? Let's do original act. There we go. Is this it? Give me the um, one stat, one stat six oh five. So let's do this. Let's do this. One stat six oh five. The one means it's in the first Congress. Six oh five. It's the six hundred and fifth statute that it passed. Um, which is one stat 605. That's how to read that. So the one is it's in the first Congress. The 605 is that's the, the statute number that was passed. The, um, I had it. Why did I, why did I um, click this down? Well, let's go here. Let's see if we can't find it. Find me. So, so there's legislative history on it. What I'm trying to get at, where are you? I want the very I want the very first act. There we go. There we go. Here we go. So this is the very first act. Um, so the very first act is I don't know if you can see that. Let me let me jihad this. Producer of one. Very first act. Uh, the monthly pay commissioned officers, musicians, privates in the army. No, this is okay. That's 1798. So they're, they're military in nature. So the president can use the money. No, see, that's not it. Because it's going to say the art, science and arts necessary to the construction of this. 
I had it. Where was it? The idea is that you want to get to the original, and it's good that you it's good that you see this because a lot of people would say, "Okay, show me this stuff, show me this stuff," and it's like, "Well, you got to find, you got to find it." That's why this stuff is so hard. You have to go back to the very beginning. This is the very this the predicate of all public health in the United States comes from an act of the relief of sick and disabled seamen. And we're trying to find the exact initial wording because it's basically going to tell you that it's for public officers, public servants, military, the money is coming from their pay and it's for their benefit. And that all public health services have arised from that issue. And so if the first legislature, the very first US Congress is speaking to, oh, okay, here we go. Click here for the link to the act. Okay, well, this is get back to what we had. If the very first Congress is is if the very first Congress is writing legislation about the military, then that means the very first Congress understood that its powers are about the military. And we get that if we go to our US Constitution, we get that Article one. We click down to section eight no no stupid. Article one legislative branch section one it talks or excuse me we come down here article one section eight of our constitution these are the powers the congress has the powers uh, of congress are listed out here well they they can regulate commerce right there they can establish all these types of rules but then they come down and they say um to declare war, to raise and support armies, but no appropriation of money to that use shall be longer for than for than a two two years. That's why it's saying every every other year it's been taken, but it's to raise and support armies. And then you say down here, where is it in the navy? Uh, there you go. To provide for organizing, arming, dis disciplining the militia for the governing such part of them as may be employed in the service of the United States. So they can only be uh, governing the militia if it's in service of the United States. It talks about the appointment of officers, military, all this other kind of stuff. Right? So those are the powers of the Congress. And that's important because if you understand what the powers of the Congress are, you understand that the very first Congress did not do something unconstitutional. They wrote public health law not for the public they wrote it for people in the military that's the predicate so that that's the very first thing now what i want to get to is let's go back to so what i'm just going to type in what statute governs the cdc cdc code of federal regulations cdc so that's the first idea the very first idea is that the very first notion of public health traces its ideas back to an act of the legislature that is about people in the military specifically the navy and it talks about uh you know um people coming in from other nations i oh, i had it earlier i i clicked it off hold on let me let me try this let me turn this off do i have uh no i don't have it okay all right we'll turn that back on um 
So Title Forty Two. So the so the first legislation comes from the first Congress has to deal with the military, and it's about diseases in the military of people that are in the Navy coming from this nation to go to other nations, or to go from, coming from other nations to come to this nations. And it talks about ports. It talks about well, I gotta find it. I gotta find it. So this is gonna get dragged down. We're we're gonna have to find it. Um, if I say an act for the relief of sick and disabled seamen, original act, I had it. I had it earlier, I can't find it. No, not this, unless this quotes it. Uh, nope, nope, nope. See, this is why this stuff is, it's, it's not easily accessible because it literally tells you what, is this it? It tells you, it tells you all, it tells you all the things you need to know. I know, I know, uh, hold on, I think I know where it's at. Nope, that's not it. This is important. It's important that you see the grind. It's important that you see the fact that it's not just... Oh, there it is. I found it on my phone. So let me copy the address. I'll send it to myself. It's important that you see this grind. When you're like, okay, show me the answer. Show me the answer. Well, it's... <laughs> it's uh, you gotta You gotta find it. You gotta find it. So here we go. Where's this? There's that. Click. Boom. There we go. All right. Let's go back to this. There we go. I found it unscribed on my phone. That's why I couldn't find it on my computer up there because I didn't bring it up there. I found it on my phone. So here we go. This is the original act. The, an act for the relief of the sick and disabled seamen, July of 1798. Okay. So this is the very first public health law. Be it enacted that from after the first day of September next... Can you, can you read that? Let's make that a little bit bigger. Okay. Uh, the master or owner of every ship or vessel in the United States arriving from a foreign port. So the context of the legislation, when you own a ship and it's coming into the United States, so you're from outside the territorial United States, you're coming into the United States, right? And you're arriving from a foreign port. So already that should be telling you what the very narrow restrictions of this legislation is about. You're coming from not America to America. Into any port of the United States shall therefore be a ship or vessel be admitted entry. Render the collector a true account of the number of seamen that have been uh, employed aboard such vessels since he was last entered into any port. So if you were from America, you went out, you did stuff, and you come back, you got to tell America how many people you employed on that uh, ship because that's what they're going to charge you uh, to the said. And then you got to pay for the rate of 20 cents per month, every seaman so employed. So you're from America, you go out, you do stuff. As long as you're gone, as many people were employed, you come back and then you pay per seaman what the rate is because that consolidation and collection of the funds are going to then go pay for the benefits of people that are sick from coming uh, to and from uh, 
to a, to America from a, from another country, all that kind of stuff. Which sum he is hereby authorized to retain the wages of such seamen. That from the first day of September, no collector shall grant to any ship or vessel whose enrollment or license for carrying. So first of all, the ships have an enrollment and license. That's commerce. This is how Article One, Section Eight, the Congress has the ability to do this because it's about commerce, right? So we're now in commerce, which is why whenever you're in the private, they can't regulate. For the carrying of the coasting trade has expired, a new enrollment of license, the ship shall first render true accounts. You guys can read this. I'm trying to get to the point. I'll put this in the show notes after the fact. That it should be the duty of the several collectors to make a quarterly sum of the returns so they're paying. Uh, here we go. And the President of the United States is hereby authorized out of the same, so the same monies that were collected to provide for the temporary relief and maintenance of sick or disabled seamen in the hospitals or the other proper institutions now established in the several ports of the United States. So if you were coming into the United States and you employed people on that ship, when you employed people on that ship coming from foreign places, or if you were from an American port and you went out and you did stuff, Whoever you employed, however many months, you had to pay per head, that's capitation, you had to pay per head uh, money. And that money went into a fund. That fund was authorized to the President of the United States for the treatment of sick Marines. So these are all ships regulating commerce had to pay effectively a tax to help sick Marines. Okay? Provided that no monies collected in any one district shall be expended within the same. Amen. That if any surplus of monies shall remain to be collected by virtues of this act. So the first Congress already recognized that there would be more money collected by all of these people paying what is effectively a capitation tax, a direct tax. They would then have to pool all of these monies together. And the first Congress is literally saying, if any surplus shall remain, which is, a, which is a way of saying, we know there's going to be a surplus. So the monies to be collected by virtue of this act after defraying the expense of such temporary relief and support, because that's the purpose. The purpose of the very first public health order, very first public health law, was to pay for people who are sick in the military. To pay for people who are sick in the Marines, the Navy. Okay? But if there's any other thing after paying for the relief, so if you've got veterans that are receiving bad care, it's like, dude, the very, the very object of these things is to pay for that. That the same together with such private donations, so now private people can get involved. That's opening up another can of worms. We're not going to go down there. Well, may be made for this purpose, which the president is hereby authorized to receive, shall be vested, invested in the stock of the United States. So here the Congress, already in 1798, is passing legislation that is functionally a direct tax on these people that are in commerce, which is why if you are not in commerce, there's no such thing as a direct or indirect tax of those who aren't in commerce. Hint hint and then you've got the um, the excess money can now be invested in the stock of the united states in 1798 the original or the the first session of congress is already doing stuff and passing legislation that they know will generate excess revenues that they can then turn around and invest like this like this goes back to the very beginning folks now there's nothing unlawful about that there's nothing unlawful about that. The issue is that they're now using their powers to regulate commerce to raise revenues 
that they're then going to spend. And here it is. He is hereby authorized, that's the president, to purchase or receive sessions or donations of grounds or buildings. So now the president, with this excess money that he can put in the stocks of the United States, whenever he gets money back, he can then go buy buildings and properties? Okay. In the name of the United States and to cause buildings when necessary to be erected as hospitals for the accommodation of sick and disabled seamen. So you can raise money. You invest it, you get the, the profits from those investments, and then you can use the profits from those investments to buy, uh, uh, get donations. So you can purchase land or you can receive donated land and you can purchase that land or those existing buildings to make buildings or do improvements to those buildings for the accommodation of sick and disabled seamen, not normal Americans, military. So this is use the power of the government, use the power to tax commerce to then raise revenues to benefit the people in the military. That the President of the United States shall be and is hereby authorized to nominate and appoint in such ports of the United States as he may think proper one or more persons to be called directors of the Marine Hospital of the United States, whose duty it is to direct the expenditure of the fund assigned for the respective ports. According to the third section of this act to provide for the accommodation of sick and disabled seamen under such general instructions as he shall be given to the president for that purpose and also subject to the general instructions to direct and govern such hospitals so the purpose is to raise money for hospitals to care for people in the military specifically the seamen that go to foreign nations that then get sick from foreign nations and then would come back here and spread the disease to the rest of the united states that is the law that is the objective that is the purpose that is the contract as the president may direct to be built in respective ports and that the said director shall hold their office during the pleasure of the president who is authorized to fill all vacancies that may be occasioned by the death or removal of any of the persons so appointed. And the said director shall render an account of the monies received and expended to them. So you got to tell how much money you got. You got to tell how much money that you've raised from all these uh, people paying the tax once in every quarter year to the secretary of the treasury or to such of the person the president shall direct, but no other allowance or compensation shall be made to said directors except the payment of such expenses that may be occurred, the actual discharge of the duties required by this act. So the act is very narrow. We want to take care of the sick sailors. These sick sailors are in the Navy. They go to foreign nations. They get diseases from foreign nations, and then they come back home. When they come back home, we don't want them to go into the rest of America to get the rest of America sick. We want to localize them and take care of them in the hospitals, in the marine hospitals where the ports are, where the people come from foreign service. But it's military. It's foreign. It's military service, and the and it's being done by regulating commerce. So if you travel to and from any ships recognize the accommodation and the benefits the monies are not being used for people that are traveling commercially so if i'm a merchant with a ship coming from france and my people get sick this money ain't for them this money is for the people in the navy the people who are the seamen the officers the the people on the navy boats so the government is using its power to tax and regulate commerce to generate revenues for people that are in the military this is the original public health law. And you see how it's expanded to now your employer is going to tell you what a mask. This is the origin. We're building on the foundations. So now after this, let's go to, let me turn this off real fast. Let's go to our next one. What's our next one? Um, I want to bring in the U.S. Public Health Service. So if we bring in the U.S. Public Health Service, we can see that this is a collection of agencies from the Department of Health and Human Services. So now we want to go to the Department of Health and Human Services. 
when I bring this up, so that's the law. So what? Let's let's do this. Producer of one. Uh, what statute governs the Department of Health and Human Services? The health kit. No, that's Oklahoma. That's not right. Uh, here we go. Statutes. So let's just see what they're. As part of the Department of Health and Human Services, the Office of Human Research Protections, under the statutory authority provided the United States Code Chapter 42. United States Code Chapter 42. Now, I'm just going to tell you that United States Code Chapter 42 has never been passed by Congress. How do I know that? What is a non-positive law? Non-positive law. Let's just go to this, uscode.gov. So this is a US website, Office of the Law Revision Council. It's got a .gov website. See that? uscode.house.gov. This is a, this is a uh, government website. So this says, positive law codification in the office is the process of preparing and enacting a codification bill to restate existing law. I'll give you a cliff notes, go to this. Type in positive law and read. What happened was that the U.S. Congress had passed legislation over 150 years, and then the U.S. Congress said, you know what, let's clarify things. Let's make it administratively more simple for people. And so they revised things. The Administrative Procedures Act in the 40s said, we're going to reclassify stuff, and we're going to say all these laws that were existing, we're now going to put them under different subject matter titles. And certain sub subject matter titles have actually been passed by Congress, which is called positive law. Other titles have not been passed by Congress. They are editorial compilations. Don't believe me? Let's read. Here's the difference. The term positive law has, has a long established meaning in legal philosophy, but a narrow meaning when referring to the titles of the code. Well, what you hiding from me? Let's go to more. Oh, that's, that's at the, uh, when used with respect to the United States Code, hold on, stop. What is the United States Code? The United States Code, Chapter 42, is what governs health and human services. So when the CDC, the Department of Health and Human Services, when the NIH, when the people say, you gotta wear a mask, or you gotta take a jab, or you gotta do this stuff, and your employer, or the state, or the local county health official, any of these people, quote, the CDC, the NIH, the HHS, and when they ever do any of these things, they're talking about the United States Code. United States Code, specifically Chapter 42. As positive law codification or as a positive law title to the code, the term positive law has a special and particular meaning. In general, however, especially in legal philosophy, the term positive law is used more broadly. There is overlap to be sure, but the meaning of the term is generally is not identical to the meaning. See, they're going, these, these godless commies. The term positive law, can you see this? No, you can't. There we go. The term positive law connotes statutes. Law has been enacted by a duly authorized legislature. As used in this sense, positive law is distinguishable from natural law. So understand what they just did. Natural law, what comes from God. Positive law, what comes from the legislature. When you go to your Black's Law Dictionary, and I would go ahead and I would encourage you to uh, put your email at commonlawpeople.com, I'll give you a free Black's Law Dictionary. But when you go to your Black's Law Dictionary and you look up the definition, law of the land, it will say that enactments from the legislature are not the law of the land. And that literally says that. This, this is saying this. 
as used in this sense, positive law is distinguishable from natural law, which means that natural law is not positive law and positive law is not natural law. The term natural law, especially used in legal philosophy, refers to set of principles and rules that properly govern moral human conduct. Amen. Uh, treat people the way you want to be treated. Thou shalt not kill. You know, Jesus stuff. Unlike a statute, unlike, which means it ain't. Unlike a statute, natural law is not created by human beings. <gasps> Rather, this is, guys, this is the United States Code. This is the government. Natural law is thought to be pre-existing law of nature, which human beings can discover through their capacity for rational analysis. Rational analysis. The Bible. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. Where are you at, Isaiah? If I go to Isaiah chapter 1, if we look up Isaiah chapter 9, uh, or excuse me, Isaiah chapter 1. Where are we at? Where are we at? Uh, where are you at? Oh, my people not doth consider. Oh, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat real fast. It's Isaiah 1. But watch this. Watch this. If we go to Isaiah 1 and I say, come, let us reason together. Isaiah, oh, I didn't go far enough. If we go to Isaiah 118, come now and let us reason together. Thus saith the Lord, through your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Amen. Thank you, God. So the Bible, the Bible, the Bible is come let us reason together. And here's the U.S. code literally telling you natural law is thought to be pre-existing law, which the human beings can discover through their capacity for rational analysis. Read your Bible and you will know God's law. The U.S. government is literally telling you that natural law is not uh, positive law. They are different. They are different. Positive law is passed by the legislature. Which, what does that mean about non-positive law? So let's go back to non-positive non law titles of the code are... Comp oh, let's go. Within the context of this code, remember, this is government. Within the context of this code, the term positive law is used more in a limited sense. A positive law title of the code is a title that has been enacted as a statute. Remember, positive law is not natural law. Natural law comes from God. Positive law comes from the Congress. To enact the title, a positive law codification is introduced to Congress. The bill repeals uh, existing laws on certain subjects and restates those laws in a new form. A positive law title to the, to the code. The titles of the code that have not been enacted through this process are called non-positive titles. Non-positive law titles of the code are compilations of statutes. The Office of the Law Revision Council is charged with making the editorial decisions regarding the selection and arrangement of provisions from statutes into the non-positive law titles of the code. Folks, there are laws that the government says are laws that have never been passed by Congress. There are laws that have been passed by Congress, positive law, and there's laws that have not been passed by Congress, non-positive law. So when you go to your health acts, when you go to the, uh, you know, the, the CDC, the NIH, the Department of Health and Human Services, those are non-positive law. How do we know? Well, didn't we just look that up? What statute governs the Department of Health and Human Services? Statutes. Title 42. So then, if that's governed by Title 42, 
non-positive law codes. Give me what they are. Give me, give me, give me a list. List. Oh, look at that. Non-positive law titles. And remember, this is coming, this is, so this is from the Yale Law Journal, right? Let's go to detailed house guide. Detailed house guide to the content and features. Where is classification of laws? Uh, so they're according to the page. Let's go to the classification. Yeah, see, it's just going to give me the runarounds. Wait, 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 wait. Positive law codification. So tell me, okay, so here we go. A po again, this is government website. Positive law. Look at this. A positive law title is the code for a federal statute. A non-positive law title of the code is an editorial compilation of federal statutes. For example, Title 10 Armed Forces is positive law because the title itself has been enacted by Congress. For the enacting provision of Title 10, first see, and then it tells you where it was first enacted. By contrast, which means not passed by Congress, by Congress, by, by contrast, Title 42. Hold on, what was the thing that governed Department of Health and Human Services? Title 42. So Title 42, the public health and welfare is a non-positive law. Title 42 is comprised of many individually enacted federal statutes, such as the Public Health Service Act. The Public Health Service Act. Keep that in mind. The Public Health Service Act that have been editorially compiled and organized into title, but the title itself has not been enacted. The distinction is legally significant. Non-positive law titles, like Title 42, are prima facie evidence. Now, let's see what prima facie is. Prima facie evidence. If you go to your Black's Law 4th, this is prima facie. Prima facie evidence. Evidence good and sufficient on its face. Such evidence as in the judgment of the law is sufficient uh, to establish a given fact that the law chain of facts could constitute. Now we go to the second page. I had to turn my page. But it says this. Uh, rebutted or contradicted. Look at that. Evidence which suffices for the proof of a particular fact until contradicted and overcome by other evidence. Evidence which stands... Uh, which, standing alone or uh, unexplained, would maintain the proposition and warrant the conclusion to support it introduced. An inference or presumption of law. Folks, your government will presume that things are law that are not actually law. That's what this is. Your government will tell you what they say the law is unless you tell them what the law is not. How do I know that? Because they're literally telling you right here the distinction significant. Non-positive law titles are positive or prima facie evidence of the law, but the positive law titles constitute legal evidence in all federal and state courts. So, if something has been passed by the federal uh, by the U.S. Congress, it is positive law. If it has not been passed by the U.S. Congress, it is non-positive law. Non-positive law is prima facie evidence, which means that things can be put into statute that have not been passed by the Congress. And if they've put, been put in the statute but not been passed by Congress, they're non-positive law. The government will then use those statutes to tell you that it is the law, but it's only prima facie evidence. On its first face, it looks like law. Which is then when you come back and you tell them what the law is. This is, I mean, look, 
Having on one hand, non-positive law titles and prima facie evidence of the law, on the other hand, positive law titles are legal evidence of the law. Means that both title, types of titles contain statutory text that can be presented to a federal or, stat, or state court as evidence of the wording of the law. The difference between prima facie and legal is a matter of authoritativeness, right? So this is talking about the fact that whenever statutory law that's in, well, I'll just read, I'll just read. Statutory text appearing in positive law is the text of the statute and is presumably identical to the statutory text appealing to the statutes at, law, at large. And that's because if positive law has been passed by Congress, they can refer, reference Title 10, boom, and it's exactly what was passed. But if someone says Title 42, that's non-positive law, which means at some point Congress passed something that could be what's being quoted but if they quote it under title 42 that's not a guarantee that it has been passed so this is where we need to go to our um original statute this is the uh which one is this so this is the remember the public health service act so this remember we go here we go back up where where was that let's go let's go back let's go uh, right here. Remember this. Title 42, the public health and welfare, is a non-positive law. The Title 42 is a comprom comprised of individually enacted federal statutes, such as the Public Health Service Act. So the Public Health Service Act is a pillar of public health. So let's go to the actual original legislation. This is the original legislation. This is from July 1st, 1944. Let me make this bigger. July uh, 1st, 1944. So this is the original statute of the Public Health Service. So all Public Health Service laws are coming from this. And even this, this is going to say, this act may be cited as the Public Health Service Act, which is exactly what that website does. This website from the US government is telling the US code examples of Title 42 legislation are going from federal statutes that are passed as the Public Health Service Act. So now we need to go to the Public Health Service Act. Because what happens, and I'll just give you the shortcut, what happens is um, the Congress will pass legislation and then they'll put it under non-positive law so that they can change and amend and pass, take this out, put this in, add this in, change this, redirect this. And what they're doing in non-positive law, it's statute, it's federal, it's, it's evidence of the law but if their additions go against the original intent of what is the law, those statutes, those changes, those amendments, those compilations, those changes, those you know, those things, they're unlawful because they go against the statute. So you, as the people, your your government is so devious. Your government will tell you something's law that is not law, and it's your job to prove to them that it's not the law. So if you get said, this is Title 42, well, you automatically know that's non-positive law. Congress has never passed Title 42 because they're constantly editing it. And because they're constantly editing it, when someone says, well, the statute of Title 42 says the blah, 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 that is on its first face prima facie evidence. It might be law. That doesn't mean it is law. So what we're doing is we're coming to the Public Health Service Act, which is what? Their stupid page literally says, this is what it is. So now we're gonna to come to their thing. Here it is, 
July 1, 1944. This is from 1944, which is where these dudes come from. The, like this guy, such as the Public Service Health Act, Pu Public Health Service Act, right? Public Health Service Act, see that? All right, so now, just because I've read it, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna accelerate here. We're gonna go down to Title III. Title III will tell what these guys are allowed to do. Title III. Where are you at, Title III? Title III, General Powers and Duties of Public Health Service. Now, here's what you have to understand. In the Constitution, Article I, Section 8, here's where the Congress has power. We gave government the power. The, we, we made the Constitution. We, the people, wrote the Constitution. The Constitution then gives power to the legislature. That's Article I, Section 8. So if anything in the federal government is using powers that haven't been given to it, then that power is being abused. It's being unlawfully used. So here is the power that the Congress has been given. Okay, these are the powers, Article 1, Section 8. Now we come back to this, and these are the powers that your Public Health Service Act have been given. The Surgeon General, you've heard of that, shall conduct in the service and encourage, cooperate with, and render assistance to the appropriate public authorities. Right? So hold on now. What are the powers? He shall conduct. Well, that's him doing his job. He shall encourage, so he's a cheerleader. He can cooperate with, so he can build alliances. The federal government can then join forces with other entities that it is not. Whoa. So you mean to tell me that federal authorities can collaborate in partnerships with entities that they are not, that are distinct from themselves? You. you. Now, where would we see this? Where would we see this? right? Uh, well, it, those are the separation of powers. And render assistance so the federal government can come in and, and give you a boot, you know, put the boo-boo bear on your, on your hurt. If you're hurting, the federal government can come in and help. But you notice there's no, there's no power language here. The power language is, hey, we can serve. That's not law. That's not law. law a service is not a law. A program is not a law. Right? Public authorities, scientific institutions, and scientists in the conduct of. So they can help colleges and smart people. Where do colleges and smart people get their money? To promote the coordination, research, investigations, experiments. Hello, Fauci. Demonstrations, studies relating to the causes, diagnosis, treatment, control, and prevention of physical and mental diseases uh, and impairments of man, including water purification, sewage treatment, pollution, lakes, and streams. That's a far cry from helping out sick Marines. That's a far cry from, uh, you know, where it came from. Amen. So those are things to, to keep in mind. But this is what he's allowed to do. These are his powers. He can collect. Does that mean force? Does that mean compel? So he can collect available through publications and other appropriate means. Well, you know, the Journal of the Study of Medicine from the big smart people from the colleges that probably get federal money said in their article recently. Okay, so he's going to collect publications. He's going to make available research facilities. Fauci in North Carolina. You know, the, 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 the people that are studying the, the gain of function stuff. He can make research facilities. Okay, all right. Appropriate. Uh, so to service appropriate public... Uh, uh, authorities and to health officials, scientists engage in special study. He can establish so he can make stuff. The government can mail, make more government. He can research fellowships. Oh, I'm part of this fellowship. I got a degree from Harvard and now I'm going to be part of a fellowship. Okay. With such stipends, where do you think that money comes from? And allowances, including traveling and subsistence, uh, subsistence expenses. You guys can live off the government like parasites if you're doing research as a fellow in some Harvard high-minded uh, Ivy League tower. 
most bri most brilliant and promising research fellows from the United States and abroad. Uh, <laughs> they can make grants. They can write checks. They can write checks in aid to universities, hospitals, laboratories, other public or private institutions. It's like the Oprah. You can get money. You can get money. You can get money. You can get money. Now, do you think if the government is writing checks to people in search of science that the science would ever come back and say, you know what, just drink water. Just drink water. Uh, don't eat sugar. Get more sleep and, uh, you know, cover your mouth when you sneeze. No, they're going to say, oh, this is going to kill everybody. Everyone's going to die. Everyone's going to die from this stuff. Okay. Secure. Remember, these aren't power words. These aren't like compel, uh, force, um, you know, shall control, shall uh, dictate, shall whatever. And secure from time to time for such periods as he deems. So there's an arbitrariness. He's deeming now. So now we're talking about the arbitrariness of a man. Advisable. The assistance to advice uh, and advice of experts, scholars, and consultants. I'm a consultant. My brain's big. I'm a consultant. I'm an atheist and I hate America and Christians. Let me tell you. Let me. I've, I've done some research and my research has said that America has to become. Uh, you know, we got to have public health. You know, everyone's going to die. Oh, well, how, how do you know that? Well, <laughs> have you seen my degrees? Have you seen the fact that I'm. Not a Christian. For purposes of study, admit and treat at institutions, hospital and uh, stations as a service, persons not otherwise eligible for treatment. Okay, so we're just going to study people. I'm going to study them. Well, we got to, in the name of research, we got to put stuff up your nose so we got crap that we can look at. Um, adopt, uh, so it can adopt, so he can just, again, it's an arbitrariness. So adopt presupposes choice. Because if you can adopt, that means you don't have to adopt. Adopt and non-adoption are the, the two you know uh, opposite sides of the coin. So if you can adopt, then you can choose to not adopt. Which also means you don't have to do. So there's a, that's a choice word. So we're talking about liberty. The liberty of the Surgeon General is to do a bunch of crap with money and science and machines and, and uh, all this other kind of stuff. So this can then talk about narcotics. Big Pharma, hello. So you can talk about drugs, but we're not interested in that. It talks about federal-state cooperation. Uh, well, it's not that we're not interested. It's just, I mean, I'm already at an hour, so I got to keep going. This is how big this stuff is, folks. And again, if you want to say thank you, if you want to give directly to me, you can absolutely do that. Because listen, you're not going to get this anywhere else. No, literally no other podcaster in the conservative talk does this. This is not a thing. But this is, this is the stuff we don't know. Federal-state cooperation. The federal is going to cooperate with the state. Show me where you guys get to cooperate. Show me where you guys can do this. But you see there's an there's an accumulation going on, the accumulation of power. The Surgeon General is authorized to accept from state and local authorities any assistance in the enforcement of quarantine regulations made pursuant to this act. Boom. That should tell you right there. The federal government is going to rely on states to do what? enforce the federal government has to rely on your state and local authorities it's literally telling you they're authorized to accept from any state and local authorities any assistance in the enforcement of quarantine regulations made pursuant to this act we'll get to what the quarantine regulations are but you need to understand they need local governments in order to do this if they ain't got local governments they can't do it which is literally why they call it cooperation so what's going to happen is that the feds are going to say we're going to raise a bunch of money and you states are going to whore yourselves out you're going to whore your authority you're going to undermine your authority and we're going to cooperate because we need y'all guys bodies and guns 
and you need our money. So we're going to pay you. We're going to contract with the states and we're going to give you a boatload of money so you can lock everybody down. That is exactly what they do. These people. The Surgeon General shall assist states and other political subdivisions in prevention, suppression, communicable diseases, shall cooperate. Again, that's not a must. That's shall, shall cooperate. So that this is free. This is liberty. This is choice. This is, I choose to cooperate, which means your state doesn't have to. With aid, with, with and aid state and local authorities in their enforcement of quarantine. How are they going to aid? Well, they're going to aid by saying, did you guys know that our brilliant brains from these big smart schools, from these hospitals that we pay, they've got these studies that say that everything sucks and everyone dies. Oh no, we might as well go ahead and yoke up with the feds to go ahead and cooperate because their big smart brain people said that everything's going to die. So because they said everything is going to die, we now have to provide the boots on the ground and the jackboots to actually quarantine people. That's how it works. The feds are going to say, here's where the science is. And the local people go back, they said it. We got to do it. Why do we have to do it? Because they're going to get paid, folks. They're going to get paid. Health conferences. Oh, it's a conference of health authorities. I'm a health authority. I've been to Harvard. I'm sm like, it goes on and on and on, people. It goes on and on. It's talking about health conferences to generate fear, to talk about how much stuff sucks. It's going to talk about uh, health statistics and stuff like this. We're going to get to a solution. What I'm trying to do is I'm laying the framework. I'm telling you what the uh, the scholarly authority, what the law is. This is the law. We're telling you the law. We're not. There's no opinions here. These are the. This is the law. Here we go. Section three fourteen, Public Health Service Act, Title three, Section three fourteen a, to enable, stop, 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 stop. You can't have any public health service act unless it is enabled unless it's done so how are they going to make the public health service act doable they have to enable it they're not going to do it by force what are they going to do to enable the sec the surgeon general to carry out the purposes 301 what was 301 let's go back up section 301 was what his his powers his powers to enable him to do all this stuff to enable the Surgeon General to do all the stuff at the purposes of Section 301 with respect to developing more effective measures for the prevention, treatment, control of venereal diseases, and to assist through grants and otherwise provided in this section, states, counties, health districts, and other political subdivisions of the United States, in establishing and maintaining adequate measures for the prevention, treatment, control of such diseases, including the training of personnel for state and local health work. This dude's going to be doing all sorts of stuff for all sorts of stuff with all sorts of people for all sorts of reasons. But the one way that he's going to be able to do it is what? What's he going to do? What's he going to do? He's going to be able to uh, bah, 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 uh, carry out the purpose of this respect. There is hereby authorized. Okay, so we, we get all these qualifications. What? What you authorized to do? Authorized to be appropriated for each fiscal year a sum sufficient to carry out the purposes of this subsection. What is the going rate for the state of Oklahoma to do a CDC lockdown? What is the going rate for the state of California to do an NIH lockdown? What's you worth? You've seen NASCAR with like the, the logos on the car, like who's the advertisers and stuff. This is why, this is why I am not in commerce. This is why you should absolutely be in the private. This is why you should take your shopping and switch it over to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Yes, I benefit, but this is not commerce. A private association, it does help me, um, but amen. So anyway, um, 
links in the description below. To enable the Surgeon General to carry out the purposes of this, to developing a more effective measures for the prevention, treatment, control of tuberculosis, and assist through grants. Grants means you're writing a check. They're writing a check. So Part G is, or excuse me, this is where this is where they're doing the cooperation. Part B, right? Title Three, Part B is where they're going to be able to pay to assist through grants and otherwise provided in this section. States, counties, health districts, and other political subdivisions. You're going to be able to pay. And you're going to be able to do this with an appropriated fiscal sum of $20 million. Now, question, question, question. If Title 42 is non-positive law, if the original legislation capped, which means it limited, the federal spending at $20 million a year, do you think that that difference has changed? And if the positive law, which is $20 million, says the cap is $20 million, how much money do you think is routed through public health spending a year? Do you think that it's more or less than 20 million? Right? Because if they're training these personnel, if they're doing all this stuff, we will train you. Well, what does training mean? Well, we're going to teach you how to do the stuff. Well, do I get to pocket any of that money for personal use? Well, you know, I'm going to train you. Okay. Who, who made the training materials? Who's doing the training? Who had to be certified to be a trainer? Like, it's, it's, it's just it's a labyrinth of, of corruption. Um, okay, so let's get to the, the provisions. Let's go down to Part G. Part G is where we're going to... That's Part C. It talks about all these provisions, but that's not what we're interested in. Not right now. What we're interested in is what they can force you to do. Where's the force? Where's the power? There's Part F. We don't want Part F. We want Part G. Part G, quarantine and inspection. All right, so this is now the power. This is where they can do stuff. The Surgeon General, with the approval of the Administrator, is authorized to make and enforce. Okay, so now we talk about some teeth. We're going to make and enforce such regulations in his judgment. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop. So the Surgeon General has a judgment that his judgment can then enforce regulations. First, regulation is not law. You just read earlier, positive law is not natural law. So our constitution, your rights, that's natural law. Natural law comes from God. You saw that the feds told you it comes from reading your Bibles. So you read the Bibles to understand what natural law is. Natural law is not positive law. Positive law is not non-positive law. Title 42 is where the Public Health Service Act is codified in uh, uh, the U.S. Code. Title 42 is non-positive law. And here's the original legislation. The original legislation says what? That the Surgeon General can make and enforce such regulations in his judgment. First of all, he's making regulations. Regulations is not law. You will never find that anywhere. Regulation is not law. But now it's talking about his judgment. Do you think someone who is in the government, who has government powers, can use their arbitrary and capricious judgment to trespass your natural law, your natural rights? Can't happen. Are necessary to prevent the introduction, transmission, spread of communicable diseases from foreign countries into the states or possessions. That is the initial purpose of the public health law from 1798. To stop stuff from coming in we're going to make sure that we treat the people that have been from without. So if you've been in the... And that was just the Navy. That wasn't even private citizens. So you see, now it's saying anywhere. Anywhere from anybody, anything. It's just grown and grown and grown. For purposes of carrying out enforcement of such regulations, the, so this is how he's going to do it. 
may provide such inspection. We're going to look at your stuff. Fumigation. We're going to fumigate stuff. We're going to disinfect. Sanitation. Pest extermination. Destruction of animals or articles found to be so infected, contaminated as to be the source's dangerous infection to human beings. Question. Did any of these regulations... Did any of these regulations that can inspect, fumigate, disinfect, have sanitation, pest extermination, did any of those say they could do it to human beings? Did any of the regula did any of the powers that he has to enforce, could he enforce anything against humans? No. Why? Because it's any of those that are dangerous to human beings. The purpose of government is to benefit people. Title 42, non-positive law. Non-positive law from the Public Health Act is based on the Public Health Service Act of 1944. The Public Health Service Act of 1944, Title 3, Part G, Section 361, Paragraph A, literally is telling you that nothing can be done to humans. It's done for humans. So you can't do things to humans. Why? Because that's your natural right. Your natural right is what God gives you. The federal government tells you you got to read your Bible to know where that is. Come let us reason together. Isaiah 118. So we're reading our Bibles and we say, oh, natural rights. And the Congress here is telling you that in their original legislation that's been editorial compiled for the last 70 years, they're literally telling you that they can do all sorts of stuff, but why? To be, you know, to, uh, what's it called? Um, to do these regulations, sources of dangerous infection to human beings. To, which means we're not doing all of these preventative measures against humans. We're doing it for against bugs or against door handles or against, uh, you know, anything that's not a human. We're gonna do we're gonna do inspections and fumigations and pest control and destruction of animals or articles that aren't humans, which means we ain't gonna quarantine humans. We're gonna do the stuff that's sick. We're gonna do the stuff that's not humans. Keep going. That's critical. Regulations prescribed under this section shall not provide for the apprehension, detention, or conditional release of individuals. Oh, stop right there. Regulations. Remember, these regulations are what according to the judgment of the who? Surgeon General. So some dude in government can have judgment, that judgment is now a regulation, which is not law, and then they're telling you here in paragraph B, regulations prescribed, which is not passed by Congress, by the way, under this section shall not provide for the apprehension, detention, or conditional release of individuals. Okay, now it's gonna say for what reason? Except for the purpose of preventing the introduction, transmission, or spread of, of such communicable diseases as may be specified from time to time in executive orders of the president upon the recommendation of some smart people and the Surgeon General. So now you might be hearing this and say, well, okay, so they can't apprehend us, they can't detain us, they can't do a conditional release, but if they say that it's to prevent the, the introduction, the transmission, or the spread of communicable diseases, they can do that from time to time via executive order. You would think that, like you would say, okay, show me where that's the case. But remember, non-positive law versus inherent rights, which one wins? Which one wins? And as we read earlier, that the presumption in law is that the government is correct. So if the presumption in law is that the law is correct, 
then you would have to clarify the presumption in order for the government to be demonstrated that it's wrong. Which means that if the executive order from a president says you have to do this, that is presumed to be done lawfully. Okay, well then you're like, well, I guess I have to obey it until you clarify the presumption and tell him he can't. Because they're going to this, they're going to this extent saying that they can do all this stuff so that they can protect who? So if the government says, I'm doing this for your protection, I'm doing this for your protection, you can say, no, you're not. That ain't protecting me. Putting a mask on my face doesn't protect me. Well, how do you know that? Because I've got the inherent right to breathe as God gave me. Well, how do you know that? We'll get to the maxims, but we'll, we'll make that argument by the maxims of law. So, except as provided in, section, uh, in subsection D, which is down here. Where are you at, D? Right here. So, with the exception of subsection D, regulations prescribed under this section, insofar as they provide for the apprehension, detention, examination, or conditional release of individuals, shall be only applicable to individuals coming into a state or possession from a foreign country. Sorry, Hawaii, the territory of Hawaii, or a possession. Look at that. Regulations prescribed under this section. What's the section? Section G, quarantine and inspection. So the regulations are only applicable, shall be applicable only to individuals coming into a state, that's one of the 50 states, or a possession, that's something that the United States owns, you know, DC, Guam, uh, uh, Puerto Rico, whatever, from a foreign country. So if you are in, and it says, uh, you know, the territory of Hawaii, which I would say at that point, now you're the state of Hawaii. So that would be a, that would be interesting or a possession. So you should only be applicable to do what? You're only applicable to be what? Apprehended, detained, examined, or under conditional release. If what? If only you've come from into a state or possession from a foreign country. Write it down. What's that? The Public Health Service Act, Title Three, Subsection G, or uh, sec, uh, what was it? Title Three, Subsection G, Section Three Sixty One, and we're gonna do what's that? Uh, C, right? And that's what they're going to say. You can't do it from that title. Now, it says, except as provided in, in subsection D. So now let's look at D and see what they say they can't do. On recommendation of the National Advisory Health Council, so the smart people, regulations prescribed under this section may provide for the apprehension and except, so may provide. May provide is not must provide or shall provide. It's may. So again, there's a choice. And again, it's just a very basic idea. If I can make a choice and you can make a choice, my choice is free so long as I'm not trespassing your choice. Okay? So you may provide for the apprehension and examination of any individual believed to be infected with a communicable disease in a communicable stage. So you have to be in a communicable stage. And, so now there's more qualifiers, to be moving about, uh, to be moving or about to move from a state to another state. So if I'm going to go to Oklahoma to Kansas and I'm in a stage and I'm in a communicable stage, which means that I'm like, <coughs> oh man, I'm sick. <coughs> Let me go to Kansas. Okay, so I'm in a communicable stage. 
I'm going to go from one state to another state, right? Uh, or, so a, another option, to be probable source of infection to individuals who, while infected with such, so now I got to be infected. So I have to be, there's positive identification that I'm infected with such a disease in a communicable stage. I'm, I'm normal. What? I'm normal. I, I ain't got no, I ain't got no COVID. How do you know I got COVID? How do you know I got COVID? Do I look like I'm in a communicable stage? Folks, that's why they said you can carry the disease for two weeks and never know. You can carry this disease for two weeks and you will never know. Oh man, why? Why do you think that they told you that? They told you that because you have to be in a communicable stage in order for them to examine you, in order for them to apprehend you, in order for them to detain you. By law. So if you're not in a communicable stage, they can't touch you. So then you got to know, well, what do you mean by communicable stage? Such regulation may provide that if upon examination any such individual is found to be expect, uh, infected, he may be detained for such a time and in such a manner as be reasonably necessary. Now this gets into the nature of evidence. And this is, you know, I'll, I'll stop here. But this gets into the nature of evidence. What evidence do you have? Do you see, do you see now why? So that's, that's article, so that's, uh, what was it? We'll come back to that. But you see how now, where the Surgeon General has the powers to grant money to colleges and universities to form public-private partnerships, to pay for the training and the travel and the per diems of people that are uh, doing these things. So the federal government can go make money, and then the federal government by the Surgeon General can go make grants or public monies or whatever for people that are participating. Right? And so if you're in government, you can get some kickbacks by cooperating with the feds and doing this stuff, but yet the very law that has been editorially compiled uh, and never been passed by Congress. But the original legislation says you guys can't touch anybody because this legislation, what was it? It's for, it's, it's, it's to reduce the dangerous infection to human beings, which means that you can do stuff to other stuff that's dangerous, dogs and trees and buildings and doorknobs and cars and planes, do stuff to that. Don't do stuff to people. But if you are going to do stuff to people, you can only do it to people that are coming to uh, from a foreign country. From a foreign country. And if they're not coming from a foreign country, they have to be in a communicable stage. Well, you know, you look perfectly normal. Well, how do you know I'm in a communicable stage? Well, because the news said, because they said from a Harvard uh, the Harvard article that got the government money was saying that the, from the news that the news said that you can carry this disease for two weeks and not even know. It's a dormant period. It's a it's a delayed dormant period. I'm sorry, bro, but my natural inherent rights trump your crap. And if those articles or scientists or whatever received government money to tell them that I'm sick, even though I'm not, you need to provide that evidence. And then whenever they say that, examination who's examining what's the evidence what's the science and this is this is where the limit this is where the conversation has come down to the pcr tests you got to take a pcr this is why they did that this is this is why they did what they did they did what they did so that they could test you and examine you and know stuff well the, the pcr tests were you know th this is going to prove that you've got the covid i'm sorry but i'm not in a communicable stage I'm not in a communicable stage. You know what? I wonder. I don't know. I didn't look this up. Let's look up communicable. 
Boom, 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 boom. Prevention of communicable disease. So the Surgeon General shall assist. So this is where so this is where we were uh, you know earlier. So where are we at? What's a communicable stage? All right, control of communicable diseases. So there need to be a definition. Limitation on apprehensions. Yeah, we got that. We got that. We got that. We got that. So the so the Surgeon General is going to determine that by reason of existence of any communicable disease in any foreign country. So they're going to look at other nations to determine what's a communicable disease. And then they got war powers. So if you're in a state of war, that's not authorization of military force. That's a time of war. You have to have a, uh, a declaration. Um, here we go. Uh, is authorized to provide by regulation, apprehension, time of war, any individual believed to be what? To be infected with disease in a communicable stage. So you have to have a communicable uh, stage. You have to be probable source of infection to members of the armed forces. Do you see that it gets back to military readiness? Do you see it gets back to public uh, services? So does it tell me what a communicable stage is? Um, quarantine stations... Nope, it just kind of assumes what... Yeah, it never defines what communicable is. So that would be a point of uh, point of uh, friction. Okay, so now let's get to our... Okay, so that's, that's, that's where we're at. So now let's go to our... Uh, let's start right in our notice. Uh, let's go this. All right, let's move this to here view zoom and i'm just going to fly through this i'm not going to go slow you guys can re-watch if you want to um so we want to so i want always want to do format page i want to do a legal 8 by 14 i go fat margins because i like to try to fit it on one page so i'm going to send this so this we're going to do a notice to employer of trespassed uh, notice to employer of unlawful trespass of guaranteed rights. Notice to agent is notice to uh, principal. Notice to principal is notice to agent. Folks, is the, if this is worth any money to you, you are op absolutely available and can give gifts. Uh, those links are in the description because who else is going to be showing you this? My teacher, Dave Jose, will, uh, but I'm also doing it here. I, Jaron Jackson, uh, one of the people as seen in Oklahoma Constitution, Article, Art, Article 2, Section 1. Now, folks, this is where you need to go to your constitutions. So you can go to Ballotpedia State Constitution, Ballotpedia State Constitution, and you can find all your constitutions. Every single one of your constitutions is going to have, um, what's it called, a Bill of Rights. In fact, I'll just go to, um, let's just go to Tennessee. I'll go to Tennessee. I won't use Oklahoma this time. I'll just go to Tennessee. Tennessee Constitution, just to show you that the frame of government is the same. Declaration of Rights is Article 1. Article 1, uh, Section 1, Tennessee Constitution says... That all political powers inherit the people. That's what I want. And all free governments are founded on their authority. Whose authority? The people's authority. And instituted for their peace, safety, happiness, or the advancement of those ends. And have at all times an unalienable and defeasible right to alter, reform, or abolish the government in such a manner as they may think proper. That's perfect. I want to be one of the people from Tennessee. So we're going to go Tennessee. 
Constitution, and that was Article 1, Section 1. I'm going to go sue jurors. I already covered this in previous ones, so I'm not going to do it again, but that just means by my own right. Uh, I, Jaron Jackson, one of the people. So we're establishing status, standing, and jurisdiction in the law. We always want to do this bold. Uh, sui juris uh, do serve you. Um, you know, this is your employer, employer name. Uh, this notice by necessity that you may provide immediate due care. Please take notice that um, uh, that people is uh, please take notice that people uh, people have all political power and are given natural rights by God which include breathing uh, without masks um, uh, Additionally, people institute, can't spell, govern, let me erase this. This is a, uh, wait, 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 nope, uh, can I go up? Oh, I'm going to take myself out of the thing. All right, I don't want to do that. People institute government for their benefit, um, for their benefit so they can enjoy their secured their secured rights see see evidence below so now the evidence that we want to do and we're going to do bold on please take notice that so the evidence we want to give is political power uh we want to uh talk about liberty which is breathing and we want to say that we've you know, secure we uh, government secure rights. So now um, we want to say our evidence is from the Tennessee Constitution. I'm gonna have to look this up because I was prepping for Oklahoma. If you want to support, you can. Uh, one of the great ways is to take your shopping that you're already doing and switch it over to PatriotSwitch.com/Jaren. PatriotSwitch.com/Jaren. If this is worth anything to you, if you're gonna to go to a job and put a muzzle on your face, there's opportunities to support me to say thank you because this is how we support each other. Um, so the first thing we want to do is this. Article 1, Section 1, and I've learned that I cut off the first letters from each one so that it does uh, it does better. And uh, Tennessee Constitution, that's Article 1, Section 1, and then what was it? That, what was it? Uh, proper, with an R. Quote, quote. And then I want Times New Roman. And then what was this called? Nothing. Okay, so we're just going to go boom, bold. Uh, then what we want is we want Tennessee Constitution. And what I'm looking for here is liberty. I want the Constitution to tell me that I got liberty. Even though I know I have, I'm just trying to show it. We're trying to show evidence. All men have a natural, indefeasible right. That's good. Amen. Um, no political test, public trust, elections, jury trial that can be secure in the persons. 
Here we go. No man can be imprisoned, is seized from his freehold, liberties or privileges or law uh, without the judges. Okay, so there you go, liberty. So Article 1, Section 8 is where Tennessee says liberty. Section 8. Um, and I told you I was going to go fast, so you guys can go back and rewatch if you want to. But I spoke a lot doing the, the background. Basically what we're trying to do is, or what we're going to say, is that we have the right to breathe without masks. And if you're going to um, tell me that I have to breathe without a mask, you have to give me a jury trial. In fact, let's add that. Uh, also, additionally, people, uh, let, let's change this. I'm going to go back up. The uh, people's secured rights cannot be deprived except by due process of law, which includes a jury trial. Uh, so let's do that. Let's just delete what I'd said and do that. So there you go. Um, which includes a trial by jury. Um, yeah, I think that's fine. And then what we'll do is we'll put a maxim of law and we're going to go to our maxims. Where's our maxims? Uh, maxims. And what I want to do is I want to come up to, can you guys see that? Yes, you can. I want to see, uh, so this is the, and you get this at commonlawpeople.com, commonlawpeople.com. It's at that link right there, the one that's on screen. Um, I want to go to um, government. Where are you at government? That's 51. Government. See that government page of, on 51 right there? So now we're going to go down to 51, 58, 55, 51. 51 and we're going to do this one uh the main object of government is for their protection of liberties so now where are you at nope not that this the main object of government is the protection preservation of personal rights is the protection and preservation Property, private property and public liberties. Private property and public liberties. And upholding the law of God. And that's an American maxim. So this is a maxim of law. The maxims are universally accepted. There's no argument against them. And they're, whole, they're true in law. So... No lawyer, court, judge, lawmaker, whoever can argue against the maxim because it's a maxim. I don't want this to be bold right here. All right, so we're saying, uh, well, actually, I want to say all political powers are inherent in the people. Um, we'll, we'll just underline this. I'll italicize and underline, and then I want to come out and I want to say emphasis added. And then here, that no man shall... deprived of his life, liberty, property, without the due process of land. Uh, what's it called? Uh, emphasis added. Okay. And then, uh, so that's the main object. So now we'll say, um, 
this is this is where I'm, I'm going to uh, please take notice that your uh, company now this is where you're gonna have to use discretion because I don't know if you're using if you, you, I'm writing this for someone who's a company like uh, like someone who's working for a business or a hospital or a you know some some kind of uh, company now note please take notice that your company um, uh, can participate no your company participates in commerce um, uh, with, uh, you know, your, your company participates in commerce and enjoys, uh, rights and privileges according to the, I'm going to say Tennessee constitution. This is where it's important to know where your company is headquartered. Where's your company headquartered? Who do you work for? Whatever. Uh, or just, you know, uh, let's, let's just be, let's just be simpler United States Constitution please take notice that your company participates in commerce please take notice that your company participates in commerce and enjoys the rights and privileges according to the United States uh, so long as it uh, secure so long as it does not trespass the guaranteed rights of the people uh, this means that uh, any mask uh, mandate or requirement that um, any mask mandate or requirement that um, uh, invades my personal liberty uh, for the purpose of uh, examining my health uh, is a trespass of my liberty and in violation of the um, of Congress of of congressional uh, regulation of commerce and I'm going to show you this too I'm going to show this to you in violation and if I don't look this way it's because I'm thinking because I, I, I didn't write this so I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head uh, that your company participates in commerce and enjoys rights and privileges. There's there's something up here I want to add. I want to add I want to add something here. So I want to add I want to add another maxim. And again, folks, you're seeing the sausage being made. So if I don't have everything perfect, it's because I'm thinking off the top of my head. Um, what's it? 86. 86. 86 M. There we go. We want no right is more sacred. No right is held more sacred. No right is held more sacred. Or is more carefully guarded by the common law than the right individual to the possession and control of his own person free from all restraint or interference of others 
unless by clear or unquestionable authority of law. And that was Union Pack Rye vs. Botsford. Rye vs. Botsford. No capital V. V. Botsford, period. Uh, 141 US 250, 251. Okay. So, what we're doing there is we're saying the purpose of government is to protect our rights. People have all political power, are given natural rights by God, which include breathing without masks. The people secured. The people's secured rights cannot be deprived except by due process of law, which includes a jury trial. Um, uh, let's say the people's secured rights cannot be deprived except by due process of law, um, uh, which means that you cannot compel me to wear a mask while I... Um, while I work, unless you, unless I am given a trial by jury. And then there's your evidence. And then we're going to say, please take notice um, that your company participates in commerce. Your company participates in commerce and enjoys rights and privileges according to the United States Constitution so long as it does not trespass the guaranteed rights of the people. You cannot do commerce, or excuse me, let's just do this, positive statements. It is unlawful for your company to conduct commerce, excuse me. Uh, no, I think that's fine. This means this means that any mass mandate or requirement that invades my personal liberty for the purpose of examining my health is a trespass of my liberty and in violation of the Congressional Regulation of Commerce. That's correct. Let's say C, evidence, below. Excuse me. First thing we'll say, and now, now I'm going to go back to something I didn't tell you or I didn't show you earlier. Uh, let's close that. What's that? Uh, oh, yeah, okay. okay so, so now here's some more education. Hale v. Hinkle. Hale v. Hinkle was a Supreme Court case in 1906. I'll let you go read it. But what we really want here, for purposes of us, is we want creature. We want creature. And we want the third use. So Hale Hinkle, Hale v. Hinkle, or 1906, says, Upon the other hand, what we're going to do is we're going to quote this. So this says, the corporation is a creature of the state. So every business is doing commerce by permission of the state. An LLC um, is, a, is, a, is an entity created by the state that's allowed to do commerce. So the state will regulate commerce and in order to facilitate the regulation of commerce, entities are in commerce. And if an entity is in commerce, your business, your job, your hospital, wherever that you're doing, whatever entity that's doing commerce is only allowed to do that because the state created it. 
So if your boss tells you to do a, a mask mandate, your boss has an LLC, probably, uh, that is formed by the state. Or a sole proprietorship is formed by the state. Or a, um, a C-Corp, an S-Corp, or whatever. Those are corporate fictions created by the government. So if the government makes something, the government controls that. So if the government has to secure your rights to liberty and you get, you have to have a jury trial, no company that's conducting commerce by permission of the state can trespass your liberty unless you get the right to trial by jury. And at that point, the government can uh, administratively dissolve whatever corporation is trespassing your liberty. Rewind and, and, and listen to that again. Uh, the corporation, so we're just going to do this. The corporation is a creature of the state. It is presumed to be incorporated for the benefit of the public. It receives certain special, that's probably too small for people that can't read. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. Stop. Where? Okay, here we go. Uh, hmm. Where are we at? Where was that? Let's see, I helped my... Help my people that can't read, so there we go. Get off. Uh, upon the other hand, the corporation is a creature of the state. It's presumed to be incorporated for the benefit of the public. It receives certain special privileges and franchises and holds them to subject to the laws of the state and the limitations of its charter. Its powers are limited by law. The law is the Constitution. The limitation of the power is that you can't trespass rights. How do I know that? Well, we just, we just read the, the maxim. The main object of government is the preservation of personal rights, private public liberties, and upholding the law of God. And you can't be deceived from your life, liberty, property without the judgment of your peers. And you have your rights by who? God. Amen. God bless. Thank you, God. Uh, and by the way, this comes to you via Christians who read their Bibles, believed their Bibles, and gave us America. Its powers are limited by God. It can make no contract authorized by its charter. It can make no contract not authorized by its charter. Does the federal government, does the, you know, Article 1, Section 8 say that people, does it say that the government can make entities that can violate rights? Show me what, uh, show me what entity can violate rights. Its rights to act as a corporation, which is to do in commerce, are only preserved so long as it obeys the laws of its creation. There is a reserved right in the legislature to investigate its contracts and to find out whether it has exceeded its powers. It would be a strange anomaly to hold that a state, having chartered a corporation to make use of its certain franchises, could not, in the exercise of its sovereignty, inquire to how these franchises have been employed and whether they have been abused and the demand of the product of the corporate books for the papers for that purpose. If you tell me to wear a mask, you are violating my liberty. The state has to secure my liberty, so if I report that you are violating my liberty, the state can look into your corporation because the state created you. If you are doing commerce in a state, your corporation is a creature of the state. If, you're, if this corporate creature is compelling me to wear face muzzles, your compelled mandate is in trespass of my right to liberty. My right to liberty has to be defended by the state. The state can't create entities that violate my liberty. So if you're not going to give me a right to trial by jury, you can't make me do this. Bingo. All right, so let's just let's just do this. Uh, let's just let's just do that. Let's just copy that right there. Uh, see evidence below and what we want to do is we're gonna to have to police this up 
So we want uh, clear formatting. We want Times New Roman. I want to take that. No, I want to take this out. I'm going fast, folks. You guys can rewatch because I'm already at an hour and 40 minutes. So I'm not going to go slow. We'll just say. Nope, 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 nope. Uh, nope, 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 nope. This is where it's bad with two different screens. The. Okay, so we did that. Now we want to say. Hail, uh, hail, uh, hail versus Hinkle, and what was the citation? Uh, 201 U.S. 43. 201, which is the 201st session of the Supreme Court. 43, it's the 43rd case that it heard, and it's on 75, page 201. Hold on, my eye is scratching. Uh, 243, and then we'll say, what was that? Um, uh, page 201. Yeah, we'll say 201. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. That's not how I want to do it. I want to do 1906. So I want to do that. Boom, boom, boom. And then we'll do that. So there you go. And we're going to say uh, the corporation is a creature of the state. And we'll underline, underline. Uh, its rights to act as a corporation are only preserved so as long the laws of creation. So let's read, let's read back and see if our evidence makes sense. Your company participates. No. Your company will we'll be stronger. Your company can only do commerce uh, within the U.S., within the laws of the U.S. Constitution. And if you require me to wear a mask, uh, then you are trespassing my liberty, my right to liberty, which violates the law um, and means that your uh, company, your corporate, your corporation, is um, is violating the Constitution. Does that make sense? I can't type. Your company can only do commerce within the laws of the United States. No, 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 no. Uh, so you only can only do commerce so long as it does not violate the laws of the United States Constitution. And if you require me, uh, let's just do period. Requiring me to wear a mask uh, is a, er, violates my liberty, which means that your corporate charter is in direct violation of the Constitution. All right, you, you see how that makes sense? God gave you the right to breathe. You can breathe, and if they tell you you can't breathe, then their corporate charter is now going against uh, the conditions of the you know, violation of the Constitution because the purpose of government is to 
secure my rights. Yeah. I want to see if I can write this shorter. People of all political power are given natural rights by God, which include breathing without masks. Um, let's do this. Say no one can violate my rights. No one can lawfully, no one can lawfully violate my rights. And I cannot be made to wear a mask without a jury trial. Do I want to say that? No, I don't want to say that. I don't want to give them the opportunity. I say no one can violate, no one can lawfully, no one can violate my rights. No one can violate my rights. Which include the right to breathe without a mask and a trial by jury. Uh, yep. Okay. Uh, that your company can only do commerce so long as it does not violate the laws of the United States Constitution requiring me to wear a mask violates my liberty, which means that your corporate charter is in, uh, which means that your corporate charter uh, is in direct violation of the Constitution because the purpose of government is to secure my rights. Boom, boom, boom. And then what we'll say is we want to go to one where if it doesn't follow form. Uh, so we want to go to our maxims. We want to look at form. Where's form? Form of law is 46, 46. I, I have these printed out, so I normally, so uh, where form is not followed, a nullity of the act is inferred. Where law prescribes a form, there it is. We want, we want this, we want where law prescribes a form. No, 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 no. We wanna go 12, maxim of law. Where law prescribes a form. The non-observance of it is fatal to the proceeding. Of it is fatal to the proceeding. And the whole becomes a nullity. No, that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. That's not the right thing that I'm looking for. Because that's talking about the form of law. I don't want the form of law. That's talking about the proceedings. I don't want that. That's talking about like if, if stuff is done the right way. Um... Maybe like a harm or a trespass. My voice is running out. This is, I mean, this is how it's done, folks. So like whenever I write something, this is the process. And I already came, I came to this with all the research already done. So this, this is the process. This is how it's done. So this isn't just generated flippantly. It's not willy-nilly. It's not, oh, just, just write, just write something real fast. No, it doesn't, it never happens fast. So we're going to talk about um, damage. Um, no one is considered as doing damage. 
we'll do this one. Law is a rule of right, and whatever is contrary to the rule of right is an injury. That way we'll, we're going to be telling them they're going to damage us. That your company can only do commerce so long, um, okay, requiring me to wear a mask violates my liberty. Which is an injury. Which is an injury in law. And your and means that your corporate charger is in direct violation of the Constitution. We already told them it's to secure the rights, so we don't have to do that again. So requiring me to wear a mask violates my liberty, which is an injury in law, and means that your corporate charter is in direct violation of the Constitution. Amen. That's what we like. And then what we'll do is we'll do a maxim, because you always want to make a maxim. Law is the rule of right. Law is a rule of right. And whatever is contrary to the rule of right is an entry. And whatever is contrary. So we're telling them what our rights are, and then we're telling them that if you go against this, um, then you're hurting us. Listen, I can breathe because God gave me my face without a mask. No, 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 that's the wrong one. Uh, we want 3 bulls 313. So now we want to go, please take further notice that federal law does not, um, federal law does not, um, uh, federal law, no, 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 see what we'll do here is I, I want to say, um, please show me the constitutional Authority and power granted to you to violate, granted to your corporation to violate my natural rights. Failure to show me this evidence means that requiring me to wear a mask is a trespass. Requiring me to wear a mask violates the Constitution. Um, and we want to do the please show me. Please take further notice that federal law does not um, Federal law does not um, authorize restrictions against any individual who is not in a communicable stage of disease. Additionally, federal law um, federal law uh, 
is organized. Well, how do I want to say this? So I want to say that you have to be in a communicable stage of the disease. Um, and I want to say that, um, because we don't want to, we don't want to do the non-positive law, positive law stuff. That's going to be well over the head of your employer. We just want to say that um, federal law does not authorize restriction against any individual who is not in a communicable stage of disease, um, or federal law does not authorize uh, restriction against any individual who is not in a communicable stage of disease or who is not. Uh, entering from a foreign nation. We'll leave that and if their law dogs want to go read the statute and come back with you know the exceptions then we'll hit them with the um, we'll hit, uh, hit them with the um, uh, the original statute from the public service public health service act. Uh, the federal government does not that the federal law does not authorize restriction. You know what? Actually, actually, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll do you one better. I'll do you one better. That's where I was going to go. So you've got the Hale Hinkle. The corporation has to go by its charter. So now let's go the Civil Rights Act. This is the very first Civil Rights Act. Can you see it? No, you can't. You've heard of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. You've heard the Civil Rights Act of 1968. The Civil Rights Act of 1866 is the one that... This is the very first one. So the very first one here says the jurisdiction in civil and criminal matters hereby conferred to the District of Circuit Court of the United States shall be exercised and enforced in conformity to the laws of the United States as far as such as the laws are suitable to carry the same into effect. But in all cases where such laws are adapted to the object or are deficient to the provisions necessary to furnish suitable remedies and to punish offenses against the law, the common law, as modified and changed by the Constitution and statutes of the state wherein the court having jurisdiction to the cause of criminal uh, is held, so far as same is not inconsistent with the Constitution laws, shall be extended, blah, 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 blah. So it's basically saying the common law regulates civil rights. So basically they can't, the federal law, that's what we'll say. Please take notice that federal law does not authorize restriction against any individual who is not in communicable stage of disease or who is not entering uh, from a foreign nation. Uh, moreover, uh, federal uh, agencies, excuse me, no federal agencies, agents or agencies may issue um, uh, orders or prescribe regulations that are outside of the um, common law as guaranteed in the Constitution, which means that arbitrary, um, ob arbitrary proclamations of health ordinances, health um, uh, public health of uh, public of arbitrary proclamations of precautions um, or testing or um, uh, mitig uh, uh, mitigating measures um, can violate my secure can violate my can violate the due process of law that's what we want to say so what we're going to say is the freaking stupid health secretary can't say jank everything up someone's nose because they're in a communicable stage and this thing up the nose is in a uh, the communicable stage, if it's latent and dormant, they're going to say they can stick something up your nose to test. 
we're going to say you can't violate my civil rights as secured in the uh, as as espoused in the 1866 Civil Rights Act. So the Secretary of Health and Human Services can't say stick this stuff up their nose so as to test because that would be them testing for a communicable stage. We are saying you can't test until you give me a jury of my peers. And the jury of my peers moves by the common law and not your stupid dictates. That's that's what we're saying. So if, if the federal government has said wearing masks prevents cancer and your boss says, well, let me test to see if you're in a dormant stage of this communicable disease, they can't do that unless they go by trial or jury. That's what we're saying. Constitution, where's my mouse? Again, I normally do this. This, this is the process, this uh, two hours. Oh, I'm at two hours. So I've normally eaten by now. Uh, outside the, uh, the common law, uh, okay, let me scroll up. Moreover, no federal agent or agencies may issue orders or prescribe regulations that are outside um, of the common, uh, uh, they can't prescribe regulations uh, against uh, the due process of law. They can't prescribe regulations against the due process of law. Requiring me to wear a mask violates my due process, violates my due process, which guarantees me a jury trial to um, declare the law and establish the facts. You cannot take the word or the prescription of a public health official or a government edict uh, that presumes to trespass my liberty unless and until I have a jury trial that determines um, uh, that determines the facts determines the facts and renders a verdict. So they got to take you to court, and you get a you get to do stuff. Okay, let me. Uh, the, the federal law does not authorize restrict. Uh, uh, no, federal law does not authorize restrictions against any individual who is not in a communicable to sta stage of disease or who is not entering from a foreign nation. Moreover, no federal agents or agencies may issue may issue orders or prescribe regulations against the due process of law. Requiring me to wear a mask violates my due process, which guarantees my due process of a jury trial, of a jury trial, which would declare Declare the law and establish the facts. You cannot take the word or the prescription of a public health official or a government edict that presumes to trespass my liberty unless and until I have a jury trial that determines the facts and renders a verdict. See evidence below.
So what we're doing, did we do the due process? Yeah, we did due process up here and we saved it up here. Okay, so there's a way, if I had way more time because I'm at two hours, I could limit this, but I'll, I'll wrap it up, but just know that I would limit this. I would like, you wanna write it short, as short as you possibly can. But the basic three ideas are, um, you can breathe because God made you. You get a jury trial before anyone can trespass your rights. The company you work for is a uh, corporation, which is a creature of the state, and it can't trespass your rights, which means you have to have a jury trial. And if a public official comes out and says, <coughs> Title 42 says we get to do whatever, you get to say uh, no, because th the law says this. So now let's go, we'll first do our public um, health uh, service, health service act. Where are we at? Public Health Service Act. Is this what we wanted? Yeah, communicable. No, we wanted, is this it? Yeah, this is it. So this is the um, Public Health Service Act. So that's what we wanted. So we want Public Health Service Act, which is what? Um, Public Law 410. Actually, I need to say, what is the Public Health Service Act citation? Uh, I don't want the 42 USC. We don't want that. We don't want that. We don't want that. We want the original. No, we want the, see, see how they say it's 42 USC? We don't want 42 USC. We want the original. We want the original. There you go. There you go. Public law 78410. Is that right? Yep, that's what we want. Oh, shoot. I deleted it. So we want public law 78, no, we want 58 stat 682. Is it that? Uh, 58 stat, what was it? 682, where are you at? 682? 682, and we're gonna quote title three. Uh, what was it? Title three sub section G section 361 C and then we're going to bring that up we're going to go to our statute we want to go to uh, what was it um, down here subsection G where you at subsection G Did I pass it I passed it oh that's part C we want There we go, communicable, communicable, communicable. Part G, there we go. Part G, subsection C. And then we're gonna 
go. No, stupid. Usually Alt-Tab takes you right to the thing. Okay, so we want... And then we're going to do D in the full disclosure because we never want to, uh, we never want, we never want to uh, equivocate. You always fully disclose. You always say what the truth is. Um, on a recommendation, So is that Times New Roman? It is. If I'm silent, not talking all the time, because I'm thinking. All right. Uh, so then we'll say, um, uh, shall be only applicable to individuals. That. Which is emphasis added. And then we want to do this. So. No, no, no. And this is D. All right. All right, so this is... Um, any individual reasonably believed communicable stage. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just. Yeah, we'll leave that there. And then uh, what was it? Okay, moreover, no federal agents or agents, uh, agencies may issue orders or prescribe regulations against the due process of law requiring me to wear a mask violates my due process of jury trial. Uh, well, uh, it requiring me to wear a mask violates my liberty. And, um, uh, and until I receive a jury trial, any um, any um, testing or any testing examination or um, any testing examination or uh, treatment of me as though I have a communicable disease 
And until I receive a jury trial, any testing, examination, or treatment of me as though I have a communicable disease is a, is a, you know, violates, violates my due process of law. My due process of law. Yep. Okay. Because a jury must determine the facts and render a verdict. Yeah, you got to go to you got to go to trial before they can tell you what to do. Um. All right. So we got that. We got the jury trial above. We got the health source. Um, oh, 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 oh. Um, do we want to include? Uh, so we're, we're telling them what the thing is. We're telling them what the law is. You, only applicable to individuals coming into a state or possession from a foreign country um, for quarantine or masking or whatnot. And then we're going to say that. Um, no, I think that's fine. I don't want to. I don't want to bring in the civil rights stuff. Let's see if we can uh, fit this on one paper. Uh, please take final notice that. Uh, it is my wish to, um, uh, you know, uh, enjoy my rights, enjoy my secured rights, and, um, you know, at, uh, this is where it's, um, it's my wish to um, benefit. It's my wish to benefit your company. It's my wish to benefit your corporation it's my wish to benefit your corporation and enjoy my secured rights um, this um, uh, this is done this is done this is accomplished in the law by your corporation um uh what's it called by your corporation um I, and now my brain's starting to frazz uh by your corporation respecting my rights and the rights of all other people um and me doing and me doing my job to serve you something like that. You, you can you can play with the language um, uh, if you believe that I am wrong or that you have the constitutional power or authority to violate my rights and force me to wear a mask um, Please submit in writing evidence by affidavit sworn under penalty of perjury and, and postmarked within seven, you can give whatever time you want, within seven days receipt of this notice. 
if you believe I'm wrong, that believe a constitutional power authority to violate my rights and force me to wear a mask, please submit in writing evidence by affidavit sworn under penalty of perjury and postmarked within seven days receipt of this notice. Uh, or you agree that uh, I have the right to breathe without a mask and that your corporation and that your corporation um, uh, cannot trespass the rights of the people. Uh, I want to say, um, um, hey, hey, Scooch, Scooch, get out, get out. I'm still, still going. Um, kids are coming in. Um, um, or that I have the right to breathe without a mask and that your corporation cannot trespass the rights of the people. Uh, oh, oh. And that this notice shall stand as evidence and truth and law. Um, She'll, uh, she'll stand as evidence and truth in law that no other court can rehear this matter um, and that no other court can rehear this matter. Uh, I reserve the right to arbitration of my choice. Oh, I'm not going to be able to do it in one page. You guys, you guys can can can, can uh, uh, shorten it. That's fine. Um, I'll say this because we want to make it a uh, commercial issue. Uh, please take notice. No, we, we can do that. Uh, please take notice. I reserve the right to arbitration of my choice. That I have the right to breathe without a mask, and that your corporation cannot trespass the rights of the people, and that this notice shall stand as evidence and truth and law, and that no other court shall can rehear this matter. I reserve the right to arbitration of my choice. Please take notice that this is sent to you in the love of Jesus Christ, so that you can. Uh, provide due care. Now, normally what I would do is I would try to get all this and then what you do is you basically, um, you know, do a thing, thing, and then come down here, autograph your name. Boom. And then what I do, so this would be bold. And this would be uh, this would be bold. And then what I do, and this is just my own little riff, is I go write a line, and what I do is this. Copyright law is one where if you insert page number, and then I would say up two because there's two pages, but I would try to get it down to one. But copyright law is one where if someone uh, attempts to copyright something, which if you just put that on there, you've made the attempt to copyright this. This means that they then can't take what you give them and then reproduce it uh, without trespassing copyright or violating copyright law. So we're wanting to give them what the document is, you know, saying all this stuff, and then we want to say, um, uh, then then what I do, what I've what I do is I put copyright my name 
copyright Jaron Jackson. And then what that does is let's say that your human resources people get it, they get it, they can't take that, and then they, they would have they would have to give the physical copy. They would have to give the physical, actual, literal copy uh, to an attorney or to somebody, but they would not be able to reproduce it because if they reproduce it, they're violating copyright law. And so you would then be able to say, where did you get that? Where did you get, the, is that a copy of that thing? Did you make a copy of that? Oh, well, yeah, I got it in the email. Yeah, you can't reproduce that. You took a picture of it and then you sent it uh, to somebody else. You're reproducing it and you're trespassing copyright law. Because, in, hey, again, I'm not, a, I'm not an attorney, but I'm sitting here going, you know, this is me expressing it to my HR or my boss or whatever. And if they want to play, okay, let's play. <laughs> like if they, if they want to play, let's play. Um, but anyway, that's it. Uh, if this was helpful for you, let me know in the comments. I went two hours and 16 minutes. I hope it's worth your time. Um, you know, who to send it to. Uh, so what I would do, and we want broad diffusion of knowledge. So I wouldn't write, you know, I, Jaron, wouldn't write this on the document. No, I, yeah, I would. I'd probably do something like a distribution. And then I'd say, you know, uh, human resources at wherever you're working. Uh, I'd probably say the sheriff. That they wait. That way they know. I'd probably say the attorney general of their of your state. I'd probably say attorney general of America. So what's that guy's name? Blinken. Um, then I would send it to uh, whatever Supreme Court you got. So, so the Supreme Court uh, chops up America into different districts. Uh, I'm in Oklahoma. My guy is Neil Gorsuch. So I would send it to Neil Gorsuch. And then um, one technique that you could do, and again, we're trying to do broad diffusion of knowledge. One technique you could do is send it to any hotshot politicians that hate the COVID lockdown, because what you're doing is you're giving them law. You're giving them the lawful argument that they can then use their platform to magnify the, the message. So, um, you know, if you've got a U.S. congressman that's like all about it or, you know, listen, if they want to be a somebody, if, if you've got a politician who's a nobody who wants to be a, an all star and a freaking champion of the people, give them this and then they can go around on their facebook pages or they can go to the the well of the house or they can go to wherever and grandstand and say this is unconstitutional because it's depriving people of the rights hale vs hinkle says that a, what's it hale vs hinkle says uh says the corporation's a creature of the state its rights to act as a corporation are only preserved so long as it obeys the laws of its creation these businesses can't be doing this because it deprives people of their right to liberty and they would be a freaking all-star and just let them be an all-star, but now you ain't wearing a mask. And by doing this, you're telling people what the law is, you're showing them what the law is, and you're giving them to all this stuff. And here's the thing, psychologically, when you see this distribution, when you see this distribution and they see this, they're going to be like, holy crap, these are all the people that got this. So you're not just giving this to your boss. You're not just telling your boss, here's what the law is. You're telling the sheriff, whoa, okay, law enforcement now knows. You're telling the attorney generals of the state and the, uh, the the feds. You're telling the people that would prosecute what the law is. You're telling the Supreme Court judge. You're telling, uh, you know, uh, what's it, Jim Jordan, the dude that's on the House Judiciary. 
right? He's the guy that's on the House Judiciary. These guys on the House Judiciary, don't you think that they wouldn't want to get a thing from one of the people saying that these mask mandates are bad? And they can read this and be like, wow, this is the law. And then they can call the carpet anybody that's been... Con- uh, anybody that's been um, uh, if a corporation is making you mask, or if you walk into a Walmart and the Walmart makes you mask, that corporation is a creature of the state. So if you tell the politicians that want to beat up on the lockdowns, you know, what the law is, they can call on the carpet anybody that's in charge of the corporation because the corporation would be in trespass of the rights of the people. And you're just a podunk. You're just, you're just a podunk people. Anyway, uh, if this was beneficial to you, let me know. Um, I, I do this for the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is evangelism for me. This is letting people know what the law is, telling them the truth, and telling them that because Jesus gives us rights, powers of free action, because our founders love Jesus, our founders believe the Bible, our founders made America, this is the law. And you have the right to do this because you are made in God's image. More important than all that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Believe the gospel, you're going to be forgiven of your sins. You and I are a sinner. We have done more wrong against God than these godless commies have done against the nation. When you understand that, you need a savior. Your savior is Jesus, and only Jesus. If you do not believe that Jesus shed blood washed away your sins whenever he died on the cross, then you will go to hell. You can be the most patriotic, unmasked person advancing the law, but if you don't believe the gospel that he physically rose from the grave, then you are going to go to hell. You're going to burn, which is going to be a lot worse than a stupid mask ordinance. Anyway, uh, if this was helpful, let me know um, in the description below um, or however you guys normally message me. Um, And, uh, you know, again, this is my job. This is what I do. There's support links. If you don't want to go to, you know, Walmart and have to fight the fight of the masks. Why don't you switch your shopping to PatriotSwitch.com and get American-made products delivered right to your door? It supports me and what I do. Uh, and if that's not your option, Amen. God bless. That's a private association. Myself or somebody would be in touch uh, with you. If that's not the case, there's also a direct opportunity, and those links are in the description as well. Um, that gives directly to me. You can do that at a one time for any amount, a monthly for any amount. That's a blessing to me. I appreciate your time. Uh, And then obviously the the coffee, I don't get any of that money, but that goes to uh, send Bibles all over the place because that's what we want. We want God's word out, and that is available at humblewb.coffee, humblewb.coffee. I hope this helps. Let me know if you want to do this again or for other options. But this has been a scholarly review of public health law, and we ended with a notice that you can send to your uh, employer and a couple other people about why you should not wear a mask. Amen. In peace, with love, using law that there ain't no attorney that's going to be able to argue this because this is the law. Like, this is the law. Amen. God bless. Till next time, I'm Jaron Jackson. Do love America. Don't quit. Amen. Go to war.